0: I can feel it like starting up my toes and a bit like you know how the sea comes in and out and it was it would be like it would come up a bit and then it would would move back and it was warm and tingly a bit like pins and needles but not painful pleasurable little tingles yeah it being like a big wave crashing down.
1: Hello. So this is Sam Holdsworth. She runs Clowns Without Borders UK, which is a charity that prioritises children's human rights to play in refugee camps worldwide and crisis areas in general. I have gone on two tours with them, both to Bangladesh. We were working in the Rohingya refugee camps on the border with Myanmar there. And the first one was bringing performance and play workshops to kids in the camps. And then the second was working with Plan International. In collaboration, trying to improve gender equality, which is a complicated challenge when all you are armed with is a red nose and a general sense of joy. So <laughs> we talk a little bit about the absurdities of that mix and why it's still important to be present. Plus, Sam is just generally a really inspiring soul. Someone you need on a day like today. I just checked my weather app. It's a Saturday and it's solid rain until 4pm. It's already storming biblically. Then at five, it becomes snow. So <laughs> a lot to look forward to there. Sam set up Clowns that Borders UK, single-handed and she talks about how that happened right from the get-go of the episode. Plus, she's a mum and we discuss how having a baby has changed her relationship with her body and her partner and orgasms, which is fascinating. I... I'm so enjoying everyone's responses to the podcast. I read some reviews this week. People have started putting up reviews on iTunes, which is exciting. And I'm particularly tickled by the ones that are like, came into this podcast thinking I'd hate it. (laughs) Everything about it is something I would normally hate. And um, actually it was all right. So (laughs) if you similarly have a really enthusiastic response to the podcast, please whack it up there on the iTunes reviews. It helps people to find it. It helps iTunes to push it out more. Apparently they really value actual feedback. Wow. Who would have known it? And um, it also just is lovely for me to read and to know what you're thinking. Plus, if you want to directly message me, you can become a Patreon I know I've plugged this a million times it's www.patreon.com forward slash Helen Duff or if you want to make a one off donation it's ko-fi.com forward slash Helen Duff where you can also send me a message if you're just dropping in however much you can afford at this moment please also feel free just to share it with a mate or 100 maybe even your mum who knows whose life it could change speaking of brilliant mums let's get deep into sam that sounds all kinds of wrong especially in the context of mums getting deep never mind everything is all right here (laughs) at come as you are any sexual preference is acceptable is it am i going too far uh I guess if it's not your mum, then absolutely get deep in there. Look, I'm going to stop there and leave you with Sam. She kicks off by telling us all about how Clowns Without Borders, as an idea, was born. And as ever, if you want to find out more about Sam Holdsworth, Clowns Without Borders, or donate to them directly, please do. I'm going to drop all that information in the episode notes. Here she is.
0: Conflict. the UN had a pen pal scheme and some children in Spain in Barcelona wrote to, to other children in refugee camps and they said what do you miss the most and they said we're going to our friends' birthdays and parties so they the children fundraised to send the local clown to the refugee camp. So for example in Europe there's like a clown on every corner. Right. Yeah like a physical my theatre mime expert it's just in the UK and America where they're terrifying. And uh he went and I think 200 people came to the performance. The next day there was 700 and the UN said, we've been trying to bring this community together since people got here and nothing has worked. This mm. is incredible. And then uh, I think the UN f- yeah, f- funded some, him, uh, Tortell, who was the clown, to, to visit uh, refugee camps over the course of that year. And Clowns Out Borders was born. And skipped 22 years. We joined in 2014. We became a registered charity. And there are now, including us, 15 countries who have their own chapters. Mm. And we share a code of ethics, but we run independently.
1: So there's UK, Sweden, Australia. Yep. Yeah.
0: And I got involved. Well, I... so it's quite... I had... Uh, do you know what I'm thinking how honest do I want to be about this answer but I just be honest I will be honest so because it's relevant goes back to women yeah I had been in a long-term relationship Mm. and I was 33 and fell pregnant by accident and my partner at the time said I don't want I don't want to, to, to be a father I don't think it's good for my career right now. I haven't got the capacity to do that. And that was like, he'll get over it. Like, he's just shocked. It's fine, don't worry. And then he didn't. (laughs) So I was like, holy shit, this is hardcore. So, I mean, I'm 33, right? And at that point, what were you doing career-wise? So I had um, an arts company, Nimble Fish, and that was going fine. So we were working as theatre producers, but also doing a lot of work in the community. So I was working as sort of like a a theatre maker and facilitator, doing a lot of work with kids who were um, permanently excluded from school and what the council deemed to be at risk young people. And suddenly the prospect of becoming a single mum was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I remember going through my bank statements. I mean, I sh- yeah, I never paid so much attention to how much income I had coming in because I was like, this is yeah. this is terrifying. And then I it was uh, it was awful. It was very messy. And then I had a scan, and I think it was like twelve weeks or something. And the fetus had stopped growing at six weeks, but the sac hadn't. And I told my partner, I had to take some pills for a miscarriage, told my partner, and he went, oh, I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known, because then I could have been supportive and this would have happened and we could have stayed together. Oh, okay. Wow. Right? Yeah. But you've been going out with this person, you're like, who are you right now? A pathological liar, it turns out. Who are you? Because that's an
1: extraordinary... I mean, that's the kind of thing a pantomime villain says, which is... Oh, I wish I hadn't said what I was really thinking, so that then, when you had to have miscarriage
0: anyway, I could have got away with pretending to be a nice guy. Yeah, Yeah. I could have been here and supported (laughs) you through that. So then I was like, "Oh, this, this is, this is what? What? This isn't in the plan. Yeah, this isn't in the film in my head. This is horrifying." Mm. And so I was sitting on the sofa in my flat angry and sad and honestly it's um I don't think we've got a a word for it in English but but the nearest I can say is maybe like an epiphany and I thought do you know what if I was going to be a single mum anything's possible like if I was prepared to do that I'd be like right I'll just figure that out this can't be for nothing. I can't sit in my flat for another six months just feeling really depressed and overwhelmed and kind of like discombobulated. Mm. So the clowns in Iraq popped up into my head and I remember at university reading about um, a woman who sent, who had a clown troop touring through Iraq and she wrote written this book called Sending the Clowns. And I thought, right, I'm going to volunteer and I want to go to the most dangerous place possible. <laughs> I think that's quite linked to the state I was in. Yeah,
1: but what did that come? The sense of again, burn it all to the ground. Like burn it all I'm invincible. I've had this experience that was emotionally eviscerating. I'm invincible yes. now, so I might as well see if well, I can feel something out right?
0: there. Yeah, the external will match the internal because mm-hmm. that will feel easier than the emo- than the internal. Right. Yeah. So there's a there will be an actual signifier that things have so radically emotionally changed for me, but everybody's still wandering around as if nothing's happened mm. why isn't everybody th- like why is it still the same so then so then i started googling i was oh there isn't a uk chapter that's weird and then so emails all of the chapters and clowns that border south africa jamie emails was like oh well what's your background i saw a oh, chain with a guy called philip Goulier in clowning and i run my own arts company and so on and he said well why don't you set it up I was like, "Uh, okay, well, let's meet. I mean, you happened to be in in the UK, in Brighton at the time. And I went to speak to Jamie and Marie, who is the director of Clowns Borders France. And the thing is, Helen, what I really, really didn't do was go, what I'm actually doing now is setting up an international humanitarian charity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It did.
1: The way you just described that whole process was like you're just a person who does stuff. That's the way you come across. You're just a person who goes, there's this thing that doesn't exist that I want to be a part of, ah, and it's not there, so rather than go and just join another variation of it, I'll just make it, and then I'll ask other people to join me, and I'll run it.
0: Yeah. I didn't fully embrace the reality. We could totally be clowns and just kind of do it ad hoc, but... If we're going to change the world, mm. we we do need a strategy. Where are we now? So five years later, so we commit to five years. It has really—I mean—it's changed completely who I am. Wow. So much more focused. Mm. And do you know what? I really, on a very me level, and maybe something to do with being forty mm. as well, and having a child at the same time, having a child at the forty is I feel like I'm stepping into my power and my potential. Mm. And I feel like, (laughs) it goes back to burning it to the ground, I'm not going to do this to dick about. Yeah, If we're going to do this, let's do this. If I believe that intrinsically that compassion, love, play, laughter is one of the fundamental, is part of the essence of being a human... And we can support children in the darkest hour by sharing some of that. Let's do this properly.
1: And you want me to... With my elbow.
0: Okay. A very large NGO has seen that there is power and agency and potential in working with the clowns, with those young women. And allowing us to do the things that we can do really well mm. whilst the NGO partner mitigates for the complexity of putting clowns with Rohingya girls in a strict conservative <laughs> context <laughs> Because when you put it like that, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It was at one
1: point so intimidating and pressured, but at the same time, like, well, this is a joke. You know, like, if we are coming in here attempting to solve gender equality with what? Red noses and a couple of physical gags up our sleeves, then I don't think we can be blamed for taking on.
0: Yeah. That goes back to why are we here, right? <laughs> what are we, guys? What I don't know if anyone's noticed. We happen to be in this context where uh, there's there's lots of uh, really strict rules, and it's in the middle of a crisis. And lots of things are happening. Okay, cool. Let's just do some clowning. Yeah. It is like what? What? I can juggle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't really? even juggle. That was the funniest yeah.
1: thing. The two clowns and Clowns That Borders UK were like, we've got connection and a really great set of smiles, but no circus <laughs> skills.
0: Yeah. For me, it is enough to say, "I see you." Mm. Here's a group of of a very pressed people the girls are extremely impressed and i can arrive and say i value you how can we collaborate mm. and what can we share together and the idea that we have to solve that is is for me doesn't really enter my mind is is here is a space where something different can happen because we're putting two groups of people who perhaps would never meet to to create something, to do something together. And that's where that that becomes really powerful because something else is possible. It's not an NGO worker with all of their aims and objectives and targets and it's not within the strict parameters of that community. There's this sort of, if you like, sacred space or safe space where these two people who should probably... If if left to their own devices, the we'd never find each other. Mm. The clowns and the Rohingya girls. Where mm. something else is possible. And that, for me, in those moments, might be minuscule, are the seeds of change for me. Mm.
1: You've got adolescent girls who are participants, then you've got us who are clowns who are facilitating the workshop, then you've got volunteers who are like 18, 19, 20, 21 year old adults who also live within the camp, who are training to become people who can run the workshops when we're not there yes. and make it a kind of self-sustaining thing. And seeing these women who are not allowed the opportunity to be foolish or playful or silly, uh, certainly not in front of strangers, which is what I effectively was, and... Um, lead a workshop and suddenly pretend to be a cat or <laughs> a block of cheese or I don't know what did somebody do that was the the kids just were so astonished and found it hilarious that this woman was suddenly being a whale you know and was flopping about in the on the bottom of this tent floor and it opened up this space where you could see her spontaneity, her imagination, her boldness, her bravery, her silliness on full display. And I feel like being seen in that way allowed the kids to think about her entirely differently. Also, for her to think about herself entirely different. And it really shot through me because for the reason why I think I... Stayed, you know, not why I started clowning, but when I first did clowning, what I was, oh, this tastes delicious, was that sensation of being entirely spontaneous and my classmates, because I did it first at drama school, seeing me in a different way that I knew was in me, but that I thought, I haven't found the space to express this because there hasn't been the frame. I'm a really working person at that point. I'm really diligent and, yeah effortful everything is an effort to be me at this point mm. and then clowning was not an effort because it was very much based on just like releasing that part of you that's like a pressure valve and hasn't had it anywhere else to be seen and i shocked myself and that made me laugh a lot and that made everybody else laugh because they were seeing me be surprised at my own idiocy so it was so exciting it changed my relationship with my body completely because I would say, for me, it was a very progressive thing, but I had an eating disorder when I was six form and then it stayed with me. The The thought process is certainly getting that taste of, oh, I can be a person who not every moment of my day is controlled. That's That was, that was like a light that I was then drawn towards. I saw there could be a different way and I really tried to make space for it in my life. And that's 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 kind of what resonated for me when I saw these women in the camps getting that moment to be, not to be somebody else, to be themselves in a different way, in a very full present way, and it was electrifying. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's the, dis, the, the 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 dismantling of all of the roles and um, hats and and. Things that we think we should be. Yeah. If I slowly dismantle those things, who is who's underneath all of that? Yeah. And we probably the small, quiet voice that we know, but oh, am I brave enough? Am I bold enough? Oh, all of that. Actually, in a, in a safe space of play with women, mm. Jesus, like everything is possible. Everything is possible. And you, like you said, it's electrifying. Yeah. Something happens. Something happens because I'm allowed. I'm allowed to show up. I'm I, I have I, I'm invited to show up. I can experiment, I can try it out what this feels like mm. in a safe way without the consequences being catastrophic.
1: I think that is both electrifying and also radically it shakes the frame of your world because yeah. you're like, oh, this is possible for me. So what the heck is happening the rest of the time? You know, you look at everything and go, why is playfulness so uh, denied by our everyday worldview? I was running a workshop yesterday in Leicester, completely different from Bangladesh. And and yet still, I was imitating, or I guess personifying a door handle. And it sort of took on this voice that ended up being like, um, how did it, what did it it was, I, I, I'm I'm a non-binary Welsh miner <laughs> it became this sort of it didn't really know exactly who it was it's just come out of the ground and it's excited about being in the air you know, this sort of like and it really, it was so fun and the room really kind of changed, the atmosphere of the room changed and everybody else Felt more confident, although I think there's a the danger sometimes when you're like such a big clown that other people will kind of go, oh, I can't be, I can't be as funny as that person or I can't be as, I'm not trained. I'm not oh, a trained yeah. clown like that person. But it's certainly we were opening up the way this group of people work together and allowing them to then impersonate the string of a blind or the light on the floor coming through the window. There was a resistance. There was a, re- there was a sense of, I'm going to describe this light and tell you what it reminds me of. And then I was like, if you were to speak as the light, how would the light speak? And you could see that sense of, can I, am I able to take this on, this silliness? And as soon as you do, your colleague's like, celebrate. Yes, we knew that was in you. We knew that fool was in there. But it feels dangerous because it's so not done.
0: Why is it? What's, what are we doing?
1: I don't Why know is it? The reason I, the reason I was like, oh, it would be great to interview Sam for this podcast is because I feel as if like women's pleasure, or I'm speaking as a woman mm. uh, is I think I didn't access in terms of sexuality, my full kind of capacity for tenderness and sensation and intimacy and feeling because I had become so stuck in the rigmarole of the adult, sensible working world. And it's really hard to open that up. And then you go to these wild, like, tantric workshops. (laughs) I mean, that's not the necessary conclusion. That's what I did. And they felt so extreme Mm. that it was almost like I was like, oh, this is too much as well. This is completely overwhelming also. And just opening a space to be very gentle and very present That felt like the scariest thing of all Mm. because you're so vulnerable. You're so exposed if you're doing nothing Mm. and just allowing something to happen, Mm. which is what clowning is. I think at it's like most basic and most brilliant Mm. is when you're like, I can't juggle or I'm not going to. I'm just going to follow this thread of the imaginary thing that's coming out of my hands at this moment. Mm. And kids are there for that because kids aren't like, Sorry, uh, I don't know if you realise, but I've got to get my tax return done in six months' time, so we could hurry this up. <laughs>
0: did you, did you, did you really want this? Do you know yourself? How well do you know? And now, come full circle seven years later and you've got a two-year-old, mm. is like, we have to say to each other, right, let's agree not to masturbate because then we might have sex yeah. at some point. Because the last oh god it's so depressing Helen when you hear like mom saying you're <laughs> having sex every week I'm just like when how how are you doing that you one of the things I wasn't prepared for when you've got a baby on you a lot who's also feeding from you the last thing I wanted was another human being yeah. on me or touching me or la 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 I was like I just need my body to be for my... like in the times when the baby isn't with me
1: yeah
0: to be my body yeah. and not someone else's. That was like, that was a big moment. <laughs> you, so, I'm so tired. We're both so tired. And that's
1: coinciding with you also running this charity yeah. as well. And there's yeah. a sense in which, did you find, I find it difficult when I first uh, started my relationship with my current partner, current, that makes it sound like he's, he's got trans- his time trans- will be due, it. but to, to find autonomy. Because I was so uh, deep in the experience of yeah. finally being in love yeah. uh, that I then would come up for air occasionally and get quite frightened because yeah. I'd be like, where am I going? To Where's my yeah. my career going? How's my focus for that yeah. possible to keep?
0: Yes. Well, it's like having two babies. Mm. If I take because it's not big enough yet for it, if I take my eye off that, it's going to die. It, the
1: the... So you are talking about
0: up Upboards and your husband. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I take my eye, off. well, you might. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the clowns, then the ba- the actual baby. So then Milly. Oh, and I've also got to keep a relationship alive. Mm. My relationship from, with my body changed so radically different that I remember breastfeeding, sitting on the sofa. I think I was watching the box of Breaking Bad, which can't be great. You know, it's not a relaxing thing to be breastfeeding your baby too, But I was like, oh, cool, I'll get into that. The doorbell rings amazon or whatever it is signing for the parcel and i had one of these clippy bras on from breastfeeding as to say it becomes so much a faff i like, oh, can't be bothered to flip it up so and then i forgot so open the door with my boob hanging out and the guy said like, uh, 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 uh. and i was so like you get so you have such a different relationship with your body and it's almost like because it's, it's keeping someone else alive there's an element of it is my body isn't my body I didn't care. I didn't even bother to do it. I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry." <laughs> <Shut the door. laughs> and that. And then when you're going into then then in terms of a sexual intimate relationship, I'm still getting used to my body now. So I used to be very confident with my body, or I didn't really have an issue with it, and I wouldn't mind being naked. Not didn't bother me at all, and I do now. Oh, interesting. I don't... I thought you were going to say the opposite because when you were
1: like, oh, I just had a sit out when the postman came. Yeah. Makes it sound like your body's become so functional. Yes. That you're like, uh. Yeah. And then I thought you were going to say, but then in an intimate context, yeah. suddenly kind of being within my body in a way that is sexual. Yeah. And is kind of, yeah, turned on is tricky. Yeah. When you've kind of got to a point where it's just a thing that provides for another person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well now my boobs are away, I don't get them out anymore. When they're out all the time, it's just like convenience at that point. Yeah. And lack of sleep, you doesn't, don't give a shit. Yeah. I, is anyone going to die here? No, fine, we'll go with that then. And now it's like I have to figure out my relationship again to this, this new body. So your boobs are different. My, I'm paranoid about my nipples they feel like they're about 15 inches long that's so interesting
1: I remember when I was a kid looking at my mum's tits and being like yeah. I can't wait until I get nipples like that and yeah. mine are not like that yeah. at all No.
0: and then someone sucks the life out of them and suddenly it's like oh wow They'd, how can your nipples be droopy well, they are because my daughter would have stuck, her, like, stuck the life out of me if she could Yeah,
1: but in those, that's what I mean. Now, I yeah. try and
0: remind, whenever
1: I am looking at my body thinking, wow, things have really changed here. <laughs> yeah. I, I try and remind myself that I I used to find my mother's body really beautiful. Mm. Really beautiful. And, um, and it was certainly soft and her breasts were absolutely, like, not... Hitting her
0: chin, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's you've lived in this house your whole life, and then suddenly you don't know it. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah, that is the weirdest thing. And because those stories, or I wasn't able to hear those stories ahead of time, or they just don't exist. We don't talk about it enough. Mm. Women's body and the shame and all of that was like what? E- even now, so oh god, the, like the pelvic floor muscles and all of that, and you're like, oh yeah, now I'm just lucky. I don't wee myself before I get to the toilet. But I'm wearing dungarees. That's a big mistake because it's going to add at least seven or eight seconds. So when true. I go for a wee.
1: When you've got your keys in the door,
0: awful, awful. And you're like, oh my god, I don't even know my own vagina. The strength of my vagina is gone. So before you be like, I know exactly how I've got about forty-five seconds before it's super, super desperate. Right now, now it's about three or four seconds. Shit. Yeah. You'd be done for in a camp situation. No, you no, well then you and this is where you're like. I even wore
1: in the camps when I was performing. My outfit was a jumpsuit.
0: Right. So Mm -hmm. I'd go
1: into the drop toilets and sometimes they'd lock, sometimes they wouldn't, and we'd just have been followed along these tiny, like dirt tracks by all of these children wanting to sing and wanting to touch you and wanting to grab your hat. I'm conscious that we've just left them so they could burst in at any point and I've had to completely derobe in order to have a wee and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, and I'm hanging over this thing, tits out, everything out, you know, if, if I fall over, or if somebody enters, it's going to be a real crisis situation,
0: What <laughs> <laughs> the vulnerability of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that doesn't, I mean, what I'm describing, yeah, so, so therefore, we're, Michael and I are having to just figure out our own, like, what, what does sex look like with with a small baby? And not do what...
1: Sorry, with each other once you have a small baby. <laughs> Just to
0: does clarify sex... that. What does sex look like when a small baby is sleeping yeah. in another room and can wake at any moment? And you're thinking, oh my God, if I do have sex, that's actually probably about 30, 40 minutes less sleep. Yes. So is it really worth it? What would I prefer more? And, and I don't even have to speak... I can just I can just look and he's like, okay, no, I won't even touch you or will even come close to you. <laughs> but mm. I'm sure for other people, mm. it's, you know, like, I don't want to put a downer on it. Mm. I'm sure some people have a baby and the libido goes up. I, I don't know anyone, but I'm sure there's someone out there. A diamond in the rough. I got a baby, hear me, oh gosh, how did I get there? Oh, magic? magic, straight, straight
1: oh, magic. How does it feel to orgasm? Does it feel different now? How would you have described it
0: in the past? Do you think um, my orgasms now are more anxious? Of like, how long have we got? Right. So
1: you're watching yourself a bit more.
0: Yeah, but like, okay, we need to focus on this now, right? Because yeah. sometimes it's during, say, if it's a weekend, could be during Millie's nap time, and then you know you've, I've got about seventy minutes. And so, so, so if we want like, something to eat and a cup of tea or whatever, it's like, well, if we're going to do it, we've got 40 minutes now, which isn't relaxing for me. So I, uh, now let's not do that.
1: Yes. Um, because actually if you chase it so hard oh, it's, and then you get one, it still doesn't feel like a it's release. rubbish. Yeah. It's a
0: rubbish one. So the, the, the best one. It can almost
1: make you more angry.
0: Oh, t- I'm resentful. Because you're knackered. knackered.
1: I did that for
0: that. Really, that was a rubbish payoff. Yeah. Um. Oh. And also, I quite like just having sex just for fun, like like not chasing an orgasm. Well, exactly.
1: Yeah. I have had to say this a few times. The sense of the only reason I explore it as a question is because for me, I didn't know that I'd have one for so long. I didn't know what they were like. I didn't know uh, the descriptions I'd heard didn't resonate with me. Yeah. And so then I just undervalued my body's capacity for pleasure. What I
0: was doing. Um, but my partner, unfortunately, he's very much of if I want you to to orgasm as well, and, and it's quite hard to explain to him. Mm, I'm okay with with where where things are at. Yeah, I don't need another 15, 20 minutes that may or may not. I'm not really so that so that's different. Before I haven't had yet. So before I could have orgasms that were like, they start at my toes. (gasps) Wow. Describe that for me. I can can feel it like starting at my toes and a bit like, you know how the sea comes in and out. And it was, it would be like, it would come up a bit and then it would, would move back. And it was warm and tingly, a bit like pins and needles, but, um, but not painful, pleasurable little tingles. And I would, in those moments, try and control it with my breath, because it's like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And feeling as if it's coming from my toes, knowing that as soon as it hits my pelvis, I'm going to orgasm. i try and resist that, resist that as long as possible. And then, yeah, it being like a big wave crashing over me to the point of, yeah, being short of breath and Sometimes not being quite sure where I was, of like going to darkness. Wow, yeah, <laughs> and and of of like yeah, of like everything collapses, and like oh, a man. like a black like a like a like a, a black hole. Everything sucks in and kind of like then having to kind of come out of it and be like, oh, oh, okay, here I am. Who, like, and in a way, it's like they're not even there. It's like, oh, who are you? Oh, yeah, this happened. Okay, cool. Like. And does that, is that a particular physical
1: position, or can that just happen? Um, and no wonder you're like, let's not tonight, if that's, <laughs> that's where you're going to.
0: Yeah, well, since having Millie, I haven't had that orgasm yet. And that's to do with the state of mind, the 100% state of mind of... You're going to a place of oblivion. Right. I need the control. Right. I, have, I There's so much chaos and newness... And figuring out, and what does this new body do? Um, how does it work? How does my vagina work now? Am I doing enough pelvic floor muscles? What time is she going to wake up that actually haven't yeah. got the space? I don't really want oblivion right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks. If it's on offer, I won't. I just, I'd rather not. I'm
0: not, I'm not. That's my mental, mental, that's the mental chatter. And so it's about... That, as I hear myself speak, is about the space. It's just about the space and the time to allow that physical response to take the time that it takes. So we're not on a clock. We're not on, okay, this is a scheduled thing, or I'm really tired when this is going to be finished.
1: So the way you describe it to me, coming from the toes, makes me wonder, is it something, obviously it's linked to your vagina, but do you think it's something about you get yourself into a state of full body submission or a full body yeah giving yourself over to the moment
0: yes definitely and in those scenarios it would often be we would have agreed that one of us would say i'm just going whatever i'm just going to pleasure you there's no right there's no guilt boundaries Mm. i'm going to be off service and you that, that's that's hard, it was hard initially for me because it's like, I am I'm listening gonna, to I'm that gonna, thinking. Yeah. What are, you? what are you? Yeah. All of that. And of surrendering to, I can just be in this. And so initially, it's having, I would have to wear like, a, I'd love to say a blindfold, but it's probably just a scarf.
1: Yeah. Or anything. Or a pillow.
0: Right? Yeah. Just to go. Then I don't have to look at you because then I'm like, oh, but it's Michael and I wanted to do things for you. you exactly,
1: and if I'm looking at you, then I'm aware of the phys- I'm aware of the moment in a way that I need to switch off that I'm awareness. Yes. even.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and being pure physical sensation. Mm. Um, and so, in terms of a position, it wasn't really a position. It was just the surrender to allowing someone to fulfill whatever sexual need I had and for that to take as long as it took fuck
1: I have so Stupid many questions linked to clowning <laughs> because I want to know about uh, did you have an instinct to not just be given pleasure when you as a clown have been like I'm all about making sure that other people are having fun mm. and, and and there being a great feedback loop there because when you make someone laugh that makes you feel good about yourself yep. but you're definitely the one offering the service Yeah, was it difficult to break that
0: yeah. chain? yes, yes. And of, 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 yeah, of being, oh, this is, yeah, I want to give pleasure to you. Yeah. That's my role and that's my job. And I naturally, in my work as a facilitator, we're really inclusive and no one is left out. And how do we make a really equal space? (laughs) Yeah. And how is everyone's voice heard? when we've said okay right it's about you that is exact that's the opposite of what's happening and it's like a muscle I I don't I don't know how to do that that's Mm. something that's been instilled in me be polite Uh, if someone asks you a question look them in the eye answer that no 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 and that's you know 40 years later Mm. okay what do you need how am I of service and all of that I think it's a discipline and going back to the clowning of that high levels of trust Distrust the process. And how much do I trust myself today? Yes. But also
1: mad that we, having spoken at such length about how much we get from giving other people pleasure, Mm -hmm. uh, so silly that then we couldn't imagine ourselves into our partner's position of them also equally
0: enjoying to give. Yes. It's such a powerful thing to give to. Like, it's such a burden of... What would it be to be completely selfish for 25 minutes? While, when my partner goes, please don't do anything, please. <laughs> it's like, mm, okay, let me, like, shut, like, the noise in the head is, turn yep. that off. High levels of control. Mm. So, I'm doing this, I need to show up, I need to keep doing it, and if I show up enough, it will happen. With, with Clouds Without Borders, you just keep showing up and it, one day it'll be enough. How far can I surrender? Mm into this moment this is the clowning isn't it it's to- how brave am I to totally let go of that control and allow whatever is happening whatever impulse whatever instinct yeah that I can follow can I surrender to that and it can't happen in 20 minutes I can't go from from the work to cool let's jump into bed which is when I was younger, it was, I could, mm. because it kind of was the same energy. And now when now I'm older, it's like, actually, I want something different from sex. I want intimacy and gentleness and connection and mm. presence, I really need presence, because Michael and I are can be passing ships in the night because we have such a big focus on our daughter coming in, we come in from work, and then there's this routine and bedtime and bath time and have you got have you done the bottle yeah change changed her nappy where's the no nights no, this little blanket she sleeps with where's her buddies a uh, little soft toy so it's we talk to each other in lists or to do's mm. it takes time and then wow the stillness and the quiet and then sometimes i don't want the stillness and the quiet because that's scary yeah that's scary. And that's
1: when the voices of self monitoring can become really yeah. loud. Because then you're going, Okay, time to have sensation time to feel something
0: quickly quickly there it is okay quickly, okay quickly. is that
1: is that is that can i follow that as a feeling is that you yes. know that's like with the clowning metaphor again that's like when you're really forcing it's
0: all you're awful. really pushing
1: you're going like is am i funny is I that, do you like that should I, I do that more and then I'm you're desperate. like grotesquely <sighs> yeah pushing and then the people who are there who you're supposed to be making it with are like
0: oh not this It sounds, it sounds such a cliche without those little moments of intimacy. Oh, that isn't working. Okay, cool. Let's, let's acknowledge that and be present with Mm -hmm. that. Like you have to in clowning. Otherwise the show's the least funny ever. Yeah. Builds up to the big intimacy of, oh, we really trust each other. we're finding our way again now.
1: Yeah. Because you're allowed to say.
0: Yeah. It's it's not not working. No.
1: Also so fun. I find, um, later in in your relationship when you can go, do you remember that time when we tried oh. that? <laughs> Who were oh. we then? What were we thinking? Was I quite drunk? I must have been. 69ing yeah. Yeah. isn't enjoyable because there's easy, just not space it? to focus.
0: No, I can't bear the meat. That is a true fact. Mm-hmm. True
1: fact. So that was Sam. Listening to that, I've realised... Some people might be thinking, oh wow, this clowning thing sounds so good. How can I get a little bit more of it? I will drop a bunch of people to follow in our socials. We are at come as you are pot2. I couldn't get pod, so it's pot. But instead of P-O-D, it's P-O-2 on Twitter and then come as you are pod on Instagram and Facebook. I will put a load of artists who are performing in a way that's influenced by clown on there. Some have even got Netflix specials, guys, and people who are running workshops, including myself. I think maybe I will do a couple online because I really miss teaching and holding space for that. It's lush so that's something to look forward to follow us on everything i'll put it in the episode notes i will also put connects to sam and clowns that borders of course so you can follow their work and support them and all of the other stuff that i always say if you're enjoying the podcast share it with someone give it a review on itunes five stars please if you want to give us some pounds regularly www.patreon.com forward slash helen duff and as a one-off donation K O dash F I dot com forward slash Helen Duff. Fantastic. Yes, please. Plus, If you're just enjoying the podcast and you want to let me know privately, you can DM me on the Facebook Come As You Are pod or the Instagram Come As You Are pod. I would love to hear from you. This episode was edited by Lorna Treen and Come As You Are is produced by me, Lorna Treen and Daisy Grant. Hit us up if you are a person who wants to pay brilliant women to create top quality audio content. Thank you so much for listening and have a brilliant rest of your day. Thank you.